0: Folks, we had a great time talking about the great Burt Reynolds. We did our usual pre-movie talk, and if you want to move past that, I'd suggest you go to around minute 38. All
1: right, enjoy. Take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies. Put them in a room and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call... The Finleys on film. All right. So yesterday I had one of my favorite moments, basically in my life. What happened? Well, we had a I had a cool little party. but It was my birthday yesterday, so we had happy birthday, over, Tommy. Thank you, buddy. Went over to uh, your your mom's place, had a little dinner. A Mama's little dinner. At the end, we played some. Uh, like a card game, like Cards Against Humanities, but a little but different. Not quite.
2: Do you want
0: to describe the game?
1: Uh, you were you get like a certain number of cards. You get to do you give to uh, somebody uh, like their perfect date, right? <laughs> okay. You have two cards. You give them their perfect date, and then. Uh, one other person, uh, the person you have to, then there's another deck of cards you, you pull from. Yeah, it's kind of a, annoying <laughs> to explain. I wasn't open to do this. You're not a great sentence you starter to begin it with. Up. <laughs> Anyways, so then you give them, uh, and then so the other person has the red card, and the red card is what you do to try yep. to ruin the date, and the person in question gets to pick which you know wh- which of these dates they would tolerate and go okay. on. So, man, it's- that's it. What uh, what was, what I loved was there were a series of cards that were specifically dedicated to nerdy topics, uh, and uh, Joe had no idea what any of those nerdy topics were, no. and he tried to play stump the nerd with me and couldn't. And just what do you mean of, by
0: that? Try to play stump the nerd with you? Well, you're I was like, there. Well, what, is, what
1: does what does mech mean? And
0: like, well, I wasn't trying to stump you.
1: No, well, yeah, but I think uh, ultimately, well, I think ultimately you were defeated by the fact that I pretty much knew all of them. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's repulsive. <laughs> I have access yeah. to
1: a lot of nerd lord that you have none. That that's just, it just your look of defeat was magnificent. Oh, you thought that was defeat? I don't know what it was. I just want to throw up. I mean, it's oh god, it's awful. Ah, I can't help you. Don't know what a mech is or what a warg is. Come on, you gotta ah. get. It's, life is about learning things, Joe. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but
0: life is magical, learning is for magical, sharing. Magical, magical
1: made up things. That's the problem I have with all that stuff. It's like <laughs> like
0: learning is for sharing. That's <laughs> like um. What is that? You've been invited it's like to int- the
1: buffet of nerds. It's my an friend. effort to not to communicate the with the world, is what it is. Oh,
0: please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because nobody knows what it means, and there's a pride. And, like, nobody knowing. Like, like I belong to this sort of... You know, it's like when people... <laughs> I haven't heard about this, but, like... Um, People take the time to learn Klingon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Magnificent accomplishment, uh, right?
0: I mean, that's not an effort to to actually communicate with people or to sort of like share information. It's actually kind of
1: an um, an attempt to join a club of people who specifically know Klingon. I, I think it's social anxiety
0: is what it is, oh. right? It's a sort of like effort. I mean, I'm not you'd never learn Klingon, so I'm not accusing you of that. But it's like this sort of effort to um, I can't connect with the world so i'm going to like retreat into something so specific no one will know what it is
1: there's a and then,
0: but then i get to also carry it around as if like I know
1: something, but uh-huh. you don't know something. <laughs> I knew this magical made up thing. It's yeah. weird like it's weird watching nerds silverback on their uh, on their obscure knowledge. Like I would say I
0: said a monkey reference for example. Per example. Just, 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 <laughs> well, <there laughs> what's go. happening
1: at this moment? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Catch so silverback
0: meaning like a silverback a gorilla who's so, like just um, playing um, the alpha and ga-
1: dominance yeah. games with, okay. <laughs> with weird nerd yeah. lore. Like I once, uh, once got into this uh, I, I, I once found someone I know a lot I know a crazy amount about <laughs> Lord of the Rings okay. and then I met a guy who knew elf like <laughs> learned elvish
0: yeah but why would you do that I mean that's it's not when I say nerd it's not like oh nerd like that's not cool let's bully this guy like because there are lots of interesting things in the world like I think people get but got bullied in high school or, or whatever for like knowing too much history. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, I admire people who know a ton of history. So that's like knowing a lot of history is not, is not a retreat into your own sort of like um, protective world. That's what it is.
2: <laughs> if you know a lot of history,
0: no, not really, because the, the whole point of knowing history is to sort of contribute to the world, right? Well, one assumes,
1: but but okay, but the same thing. Like, here's the thing, Joe. You're yeah. actually, you're a nerd too, but you're sure. a nerd in an intellectual level. Like a level, like with, with an intellectual bent. Uh, yeah, I mean. Academic, maybe. maybe uh, is sure.
0: Lots of people I know are nerds. I don't have a problem with nerds. I
1: think it's, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: lots of really cool things happen with nerds. I mean, I was telling, talk, we were talking about this podcast that I've been obsessed with lately about these two guys from Canada who talk about Iron Maiden and their deep cuts all day. And it's
1: like they're, but, but. And rather crazy deep cuts, I gather.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it seems to me some of this sort of stuff, like, um, It's just such an effort to like – it's this this paradox because it's like you're trying to sort of like – first of all, it takes a lot of effort. I mean, I congratulate that. Anyone, it takes Mm. a lot of effort to do something. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like a withholding rather than a sharing.
1: Maybe. I don't know. See, like I approach it from this standpoint. Like I like to read the books and then I pick up things from that. Or watch the TV show or the movie or something like that, and then I'll pick up that little piece or something like that. It, it, it is a different. It's a level of nerd too far when you when you learn a language that's made up or something like that.
0: No, it's not that. You know what it is? It's the it's the it's the the manner of communicating it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if if you learn something, but you learn it only so that people can go like, "What's that?" It, then it's it's all about you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's uh-huh. it's all about. We all have this capacity, are becoming, right? You know,
1: are we becoming more narcissistic? Do you think this plays into that narrative? Who, who's the we in this oh, case? Well, most of us. No, you know Just me. Uh, yeah, uh, no, you're ilk. The
0: um Your ilk,
1: your kind yeah. You people, I think I'm hearing <laughs> yeah. here. So what I'm hearing here. Okay, you yeah. people. All right there. That's a weird argumentative topic. But you know what happened <laughs>
0: yesterday? My sister was talking about polyamorous people. I know mm-hmm. this is something you got really mad at before. <laughs> they were t- she was talking about polyamorous people. And so she said something about polyamorous people, and you said, "Oh, polys. But I caught that you you noticed you noticed that you weren't heard saying Polly. Mm-hmm. So you waited till everyone was quiet and said, "Oh, Polly." And and it's like, oh yeah, you really wanted people. You didn't want to talk about polyamorous people. You really wanted people to know that you knew the shorthand for it, right? Because you because thinking that people hadn't heard you the first time, and I've done this before. You waited, and so you could say it again. So that people could note that you had the shorthand on it. And so what I did, which is what anyone should do, Uh, I fucking called you on your bullshit. Oh, is that what that is? Yes. And then what you need to do, or what I need to do in these situations, is then go, all right, but when you are refuse to be called on your bullshit, it makes the bullshit twice as bad.
1: Well, because I actually had something I wanted to talk about there. I thought it was really interesting. I ended up having a good conversation with your sister later yep. on about polyamory, but but you just kind of cock blocked me at the moment.
0: Yeah, but if you say that if you go annoying. like if two times you go, oh, "Polly, you mean Polly?" <laughs> it's like
1: yeah, that's just about you. Just trying want to it. get in on the conversation. Just
0: say polyamorous people. That's what that's that's what people are saying in that conversation. They're saying polyamorous people. But if you make the effort, because if you say it once, Polly. But if you say "Polly" and you notice that no one picks up on it, and so you wait to say it again, then you just want people to notice that you're doing a shorthand for it. Mm, you like totally. That. Oh, this is what I mean. There's nothing. Look, nothing better than being smashed by someone for for being calling your bullshit. It's a great fucking moment. But if you refuse the smashing, the smashing just
1: goes on. Uh-huh. How
0: could it be anything else?
1: Well, if you're not a toolbox, I guess it. I guess it could be something. Oh, what, else. what does that mean, Tom? You're what being a, a dick. R- You were being a dick. No, I was
0: calling you out on your phone. You were
1: being phony. Uh, You were being a total phony
0: in that moment. This episode starting out great, by the way. (laughs) You were being a total phony in that moment. And you're not alone. We Uh, all uh, have the capacity. I do it myself. You want to show off to someone that you're you're sort of framing it in this unique way. uh Right? And then you get called out on it. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. But then just accept the smashing.
1: This
2: was your
0: topic, man.
1: Don't always see it that way. Well, I barely, I would say. Oh, is that right? Oh, right. You brought it up. All right, mother, mother. That was the look. That wasn't the look. The look came later on. It was totally different. But it's you all dummy. connected.
0: My point is, it's all connected. It's the sort of effort that whenever, and I do it too sometimes. You do this sort of thing where it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna use language that isn't really contributing to the thing itself.
1: It's actually withdrawing from the thing itself because then it becomes all about me. Well, that is part of, like, joining a conversation, isn't it? Bringing it around to your perspective. That's not your perspective, though, because when you say, this is, <laughs> we're talking for an hour about
0: this poly thing, but when you when someone goes, polyamorous relationships, and you go, polys? And then no one notices, and then you saw, and then you say again, polys? That's not about, about polyamorous, the topic. That's about you or me, mm-hmm. in that instance, sort of, like, drawing attention to your, like, bit of,
1: yeah, but if you have some knowledge on something, then you bring. I, 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 I think I see what you're saying, but no. I don't see that. That's I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand the uh, the, the the downside on that. Well, no, it's just it, no, no, no. I mean, ultimately,
0: you can still move on and have the conversation about it. Of course, you. Well, it can. becomes really
1: well, actually it's difficult to have the conversation. Why? When you've been called out on a day, all
0: you do is uh, you have just been called on it. You just acknowledge it. Uh, Because then it's a second level. Then it makes it worse because it's a refusal. It's like, look, all of us have been arrogant bastards at Mm times. Me, no less than you. I mean, you and I are arrogant bastards, right? Yeah, that's true. But if someone calls me out on being an arrogant bastard and I double down on it, Uh, then it's fucking worse. Of course. Yeah, but sometimes you do,
1: right? What? Double down on it. Right, which you did, and then you made it worse. Yeah, okay. Well, I didn't make it worse. You Mm -hmm. made it worse. Well, I'm going to blame you anyway. Oh. Just for being sick. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, right. Inter- Okay, interesting You'd perspective. just be quiet over there. No, I won't. All right. This, was this, I think this you was just, just be quiet for this podcast. I think well you just wanted to Justin. clarify yesterday that we had a little moment, like a little skirmishy moment. No, I think you wanted to clarify on that one. I this was wasn't my topic. I was bringing up a totally different topic. This and then was that you brought topic. This, well, I don't know. You think you tortured it to make it that This topic, is that topic. Because you wanted to bring it up. No. Yes, you did. I I didn't need resolve on that thing. There's no resolve for me on that thing. And You're me neither. You
0: brought it up. You were the one who was pissed off. Yeah, but that I that wasn't was, pissed that off. That was
1: yesterday. Now it's not. You and brought you,
0: up a topic related to that thing, which is in like, no
1: way related. You totally silly bastard.
0: Totally uh,
2: related to that thing.
1: Not at all. Okay, all it's a hundred percent. I have. So, a, okay, so you got it off your chest. I get it. <laughs> this <laughs> because, was your topic. Uh, yeah, I get it, man. You, you've clarified your position. I understand now. So, but thank you. I don't think you do understand. I don't think you you do understand. I don't think you understand. All right. All right.
0: (laughs) I'm going to come back to it, by the way. I really imagine that. I'm going to make every episode about this. Oh, of
1: course. All right, Tommy. Considering we're we're doing how many today? Yeah, nobody knows what we're talking about anyway. Nobody cares anyway. So, yeah,
0: yeah, Alice Walker. That's been
1: true for like the beginning of the (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Alice Walker got in trouble recently. You know Alice Walker, right? I'm familiar with the name. Well, she was like the color purple, right?
0: Oh, by the way. Oh, this fucking relates to what we were just talking about oh, for me for me this i when i think about when i want to think about some of the douchiest moments i've ever fucking had some of them for me have been when i really want to i think it's called virtue signaling now mm. do you know this concept of virtue virtue signaling i have never heard of this for, well i mean it just happens all the time it's like um uh a, uh, a husband um says to his wife um uh, you know what i think i maybe i'm a feminist like at that moment, right, and it's like you're already starting to virtue signal, yeah, but right. okay, but I get you. then the wife tells everyone else, "My husband's <laughs> a feminist, yay!" And it's like, I've seen that happen, and the group that's being told is sort of like, uh. <laughs> and you can see the guy immediately regretting that he uh-huh. decided to tell his wife that. And so, one of the things is, I remember I was I had a job where um, I could sort of sit at a desk and read. I just had to be there, right. Mm-hmm and um, I had a supervisor who would just sort of come in and check in on me once in a while.
1: What was the job?
0: It was just, just like a security job, sitting oh, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. at a desk, basically, just Got reading it. some entrance to a building. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading The Color Purple, which I thought is, you know, I, I'd seen the film and I thought the film was really fucking amazing. Right. And uh, the book is, is so different from the film. The book is like really short and it's in its diary form mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's in some ways more brutal than a pretty brutal adaptation in the film. Yeah. If anyone's ever seen the film, but you know, it's about this sort of um, uh, black woman post, you know, Civil War, mm-hmm. um, and it's really about you know her her horrible treatment
1: at the hand of her husband, right? right? And ultimately, about her her finding her own empowerment,
0: yeah, and and him losing his, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's sort of like I don't know if it's about karma or like the, the scales of justice, or you know, it's it's really about like taking. African-Americans in America and then sort of turning the scope, you know, around in a different way and looking at, well, men and women. Mm. And how, how do you examine it under this sort of – anyway, so I remember reading this book and the supervisor came in and he's like, that's uh, – that's actually, I've read that book. That's actually a very uh, a good book. And I turned to him. Now, the supervisor was black. And I turned to him and I said, um, it's really an interesting study on how um, he, uh, a, a culture is
1: taught to hate itself. I've oh, been there. Yeah, and it was did. like, uh,
0: as soon as I said it, you know, this look on his face like a study. I know how our culture is taught to hate itself. And uh, I was like, oh, was I just like lecturing you on the history of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've been I
2: there. mean, I
0: think that he, he didn't have to correct me. The look was was enough. But it's just mm-hmm. one of those sort of super um, douchey moments. I wish I could go back in time and, and sort of take back. But Alice yeah. Walker, who is an amazing mm-hmm. um you know, she's a good poet, and she's she's an interesting writer, and she's you know all she had to do was write that book to sort of you know she has her yeah, place. Yeah, kind in, of
1: blasted her onto the scene. Yeah, part.
0: she has her place in the canon, but but she's had this recent sort of thing where um,
1: she and Harvey Weinstein.
0: She <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Oh, I'm curious. Francis. Yeah,
1: I haven't heard anything about this.
0: Well, I just heard about it, and and um, she's been accused of of anti semitism, but really? but in a serious way, I guess. Let me just sort of um, let me read this this. Um, this uh, thing to you that's uh, come up. Um, Allegations of anti-Semitism. In May 2013, Walker expressed appreciation uh, for the works of the conspiracy theorist David Icke. Uh, On BBC uh, Radio's uh, an interview, she said Icke's book um, Human Race, um, Get Off Your Knees would be her choice if she could have only one book. The book promotes a theory that the Earth is ruled by shape-shifting uh, reptilian humanoids, damn it.
1: <laughs> and, Rothschild Zionists. And, and the Jews, right. <laughs> the Rothschilds. Fuck!
0: Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> And it's sort of like, a, a 19, uh, in 2017, Walker published a poem in her blog entitled, It is our frightful duty to study the Talmud recommending that the uh, the reader should start with YouTube to learn about the evils oh, Jesus, of the Talmud. Man. So
1: it's it's not is ambiguous. YouTube, is YouTube officially the end of civilization? It really is. It's the flat is. earther. But,
0: but it's sort sort of like, okay, so it's like Alice Walker is, um, you know, she's amazing, and she writes all this sort of work that makes us examine things. A little like, known
1: fact that the book was originally titled, What is this, color
0: purple? <laughs> and also, like, she wrote a... Um, An essay, as I recall, I made a poem called Am I Blue? And it's about sort of like eating meat. So she's a constantly, she's got her mind wrapped around, you know, the idea of like how we interact with with other human beings, but also other
1: beings in the world. And she's
0: fucking interesting, man. She's
1: a thinker. and and, So isn't that like, isn't that part of, okay, hold on. Isn't that part of the slippery slope? Like she's one of these people, like I think... A lot of us who are really into doing like sort of you know mind exercise or thought, ex- thought exercises, right, yep. can sometimes get pulled into a rabbit hole or something like that. Or I, I've seen a number yeah. of people do it, right? Like flat yeah. earth started off basically as this concept of how could we like – it really started off as a, as a thought experiment on how could we if, – if, if we sufficiently tried, could we prove that the earth was flat? And then it got itself onto YouTube and people yeah. were like, fucking shit's flat. Yeah. Right?
2: <laughs> and,
1: and, and maybe sort of the same pathway here.
0: Yeah, I mean, in, in a broader sense, too, it's also like, um, you know, I think those who are interested in thought experiments um, will, will sort of back the camera off and, and say like, okay, yes, of course, we know that Stalin was bad. But let's look at the broader scope in, yeah. f- out of the interest of having a conversation. And, and sometimes you need people who just come in and say, no, I need you to say Stalin is bad. I just right. need you to say that. <laughs> and and you know, I mean yeah. that's sort of the danger of being too open minded, I yeah. suppose, if you could be too yeah,
1: open minded. Yeah, the, the moral ambiguity is is, is, becoming, is becoming a problem. Yeah, so it's sort of
0: like, yeah, I mean it's 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 different from you know, there are um you know, thinkers and, and celebrities who will weigh in and talk about, well, wait a minute, you know, this sort of Palestinian question's an interesting one. That's that's different from what Alice Walker's doing, which seems to be and it is anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic or, or anti. That one.
1: Oh, that's murder. <laughs>
0: yeah, but the problem. So now there's this other sort of level, which is like, you know, I'm in this community of of people who teach literature, and so um, a friend of mine is like, "What do I do? I had Alice Walker on my syllabus. What do I do?"
2: Uh-huh. And
0: and I have another friend who's like, "Well, I'm taking, um, you know, you know, Junio Diaz. Um, he wrote the um, Junio Diaz is a sort of modern darling, no. husband of of literature." um and he, he that was sort of a more of a me too type thing but it's sort of like all these people are like taking you know excising people from the canon
1: right okay so we still now we're having other we're having we're still having forbidden books is what I'm...
0: yeah i guess in a way and it's yeah. you know i mean it kind of becomes the old conversation and you gotta you gotta mix up the canon and you know inclusion and all that sort of stuff that's interesting but right you know here's a here's a couple of cases where it's 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 fairly clear that the person's shitty, or no, no, the person said something shitty or at least controversial, and it's like, ah, that's just what we do. We just excise them rather than talking about it.
1: Right, right, right.
0: I don't know. I'd rather talk about things in class, whether it's your use of the word um, poly or um, (laughs) Alice Walker's anti-Zionist, which I find equally offensive.
1: Uh, There you go. Absolutely. (laughs) Wow. Well played, Joseph. I thought it was a good connection, actually. This is a fair connection. It's not not at all, but okay. Yep. For the purpose of this conversation, we're going to say that it was so. Okay. All right. Yeah. So a concatenation of uh, conspiracy theory and uh, Alice Walker's anti-Zionist uh, position, something like that, and uh, and nerd and nerddom as well. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was, I, I've become fascinated recently with something called the Fermi paradox. Yeah. What is that? Okay. So the Fermi paradox is basically it was from Enrico Fermi. It was uh, I think they did they they had a series like. Um, nuclear scientists, Fermi was was important on uh, cre- helping to create the atomic bomb, okay. part of the Manhattan Project. Um, but it, it was this collection of tremendous physicists who helped put that all together again, and they all had this thing that they were doing, which yep. is the math suggests that the universe, being what it is, mm-hmm. that there has to be life out there somewhere. And the Fermi paradox yep. is, if it is, where are they? And the the, the, the paradox is that, that that maybe there's this thing um, wherein, as a, when a civilization becomes advanced enough to be able to communicate across the stars, yeah. there's this threshold where they're also capable of destroying themselves. So when that technology...
0: That's the that's paradox.
1: Right, the, para, the paradox is, can we get past, does any civilization actually survive its point where it can wipe itself out to become sufficiently advanced to communicate across the stars. Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fascinating.
0: Well, I mean, the sort of the um, I mean, related, I guess, would be the the idea that in an infinite space, if space is, you know, the physicality of space is infinite, uh-huh. then you, you know, potentially you'd have infinite copies of everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. right? Yeah.
0: Okay, so, so I'm throwing so, so that in here. Ma-
1: yeah, so the math is there. I mean, right. there's life out there, right? But we, to how be. do we communicate?
0: It, because, you're right, yeah. You know. Well, I always thought this, too. Like, Also, I, I think um, anyone who's used email would know that, like, I, I think I would send something out, and they'd be like, no. Oh! Not the Dick Van Dyke show. Like, what? why did I send that out to the universe? Or like... Yeah, why did I reply all? God damn it. Well, but also like what we're receiving. Like, as soon as we receive something, let's say that, that someone can communicate. I, I mean, I like that idea that that um the paradox being like when you reach the level of sophistication and you know advancement, air quotes around mm-hmm. that, that you could communicate across the universe or universes. Or travel or, or however that manifests. You, you'd also be so advanced that you'd be... I mean is that is, is advancement ultimately well I think part and parcel of advancement is is self destruction
1: that well that's that's the question that's part of it right there yeah. and of course the other thing too is it also I guess it to a certain extent presupposes that other species would behave much as we do cuz we've yeah. been on the brink of self destruction since what 1945 right
0: uh maybe i don't know that's another interesting one because the whole sort of like the doomsday clock mm-hmm. you know there's some controversy over what that i mean i've always felt like you know it's always two minutes to midnight and then it's like oh it's three minutes a midnight. no now it's two again it seems like i liked your idea but once you you moved it to two minutes uh uh-huh. to midnight What the fuck? I mean, you really set yourself up for kind of a fall there. I think we should have set it at like 1045 or something. (laughs) We need a a little more wiggle room in this metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it always seemed to me to be very stupid to set it at eleven fifty eight. I mean I understand what they were 45. doing. going to hour. scare people, but ten forty five is scary enough.
1: Wow, I wonder if like like the recent climate change reports coming in have changed that doomsday clock in any way.
0: If it influences the clock. No, the doomsday clock is, is it's pretty is much purely nuclear. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Something Jackson Brown would uh, be upset by, Jackson, I imagine. Jackson
1: Brown. Wow! Really? Yeah, that guy. It's gonna be someone's missile tonight. Yeah, he
0: loved to beat the ladies too. Did he? For such an oh, anti-nuke lovable no guy, way. he beat really? Daryl Hannah. I mean, not Daryl Hannah. <laughs> yeah, Daryl <laughs> Hannah. I'm thinking of Daryl. Who's, who's Daryl from uh, SNL. <laughs> he didn't beat that guy.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> whatever his name uh, is, oh, oh, Daryl.
0: Whatever. Daryl Hannah's is the you know the woman, the blonde yeah, hair. From Splash. From Splash. Yeah, yeah, they were in from a relationship, part, and really? he he beat her. And Paul Simon. Probably,
1: probably really hated Working Girl. I don't know.
0: Paul Simon married to Edie Brickell from uh-huh. Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat her. Really? Yeah. Paul Simon. Yeah,
1: I just i don't know, like milk, like like limp, sort of singer-songwriters oughtn't to be beating ladies.
0: It's wrong, by the way. I want uh, to clarify in, that. I think in, it's wrong
1: in general and specifically. But, but yeah. I'm
0: amused at the idea that Paul Simon would beat Edie Brickell on while singing "What I Bam Is What
2: I Bam." <laughs> just a small joke. On <laughs> my uh part. very small.
1: Very... <laughs> like, like your compassion.
2: Yeah. <sighs> All right. Okay, so, so um, now let's go
1: from that.
0: To... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about um woody allen i actually don't want to talk about woody allen because i think that's something you know it's oh you know i think with me too and blah 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 blah. you and i could sort of get trapped into like every other week we have the same conversation and we and and because we're guys um it's sort of like oh we have this you know kind of position that does not sure what to say about it and, and all this sort of stuff but here's an interesting thing this model who's, I don't know, I think in her 50s, just wrote this article Mm -hmm. that suggested in the late, late 70s she had this um, relationship affair Uh with Woody Allen, which always makes me pause, Uh because I know that he's rich and famous, but it's like...
1: How does he? He's also pretty ripe for anything having to do with sexual misconduct.
0: He likes the sex, that oh,
1: guy, yeah. and the
0: misconduct. He, he likes that kidding, combination. Gonna,
1: <laughs> half of his movies are about him getting laid in some way.
0: Well, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I mean, at some level, I like Woody Allen a lot in terms of his artistry. But there's you have to, when you have to start separating the levels of shittiness. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think he molested a seven year old. Let's start there. But if you uh-huh. don't think he did, then he also married a, a girl yeah. who wasn't exactly it's his the, daughter, but wasn't
1: exactly not his daughter. Irrefueled at that point. That yeah, something's I mean, up. It, okay, so
0: something's up. Something's up, with up sexually
1: with Woody Allen by his own by his own admissions.
0: Right. Well, I don't know. See, that's the thing with, with the guys like Woody Allen and Louis C.K. is for a while there, they make these films that make you think like, well, they couldn't be. Otherwise, they wouldn't be uh, making these films. But it turns out they are just totally getting material uh, from their lives. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, so this, this model, she was 16 and she was having this affair with Woody Allen. Now, I'm going to stop here and say this. I'm not someone who thinks that... Uh, I mean, maybe I don't know, that's the wrong thing to say, but like if especially if you're in the world of like Hollywood or or, you know, the showbiz world, uh, boy or girl, I think if you're 16, oh. I don't know that it's a terrible thing by itself. I really don't. I think there's a different level. There's a different world. Um, I remember this, this woman after David Bowie died said, Oh, when she was 15, she got together with David Bowie a couple times. And so people were like, It turns out he was a
1: pedophile. Was our and,
0: and this woman was like, Are you kidding me? It was the greatest thing ever. And I thought, Yeah, <laughs> of course. Right. I mean, of course. If, if I had slept with, like Lita yeah. Ford or something when I was 15, it's just a, a slightly different or Joan Jett. I don't know. But, uh, but, but, I
1: think Lita Ford's a go over here.
0: Yeah. Right. With fucking hair. Boy. Oh. Yeah, the woman who did Peppermint Patty's voice or someone. Ah. But, but the point well, is, like, I. I think that, that it's a sort of like grayer area. And it's why I don't like the whole Asia Argenta thing. It's sort of like people, are, oh, we have to call her out too for, for you know, and it's like, right. yeah, it's weird. It's Woody Allen weird. I'm, yeah. I'm going all over the place. That Asia Argenta did end up sleeping with this, this actor who was 16 who played her son when he was nine in a movie or something. That mm-hmm. is a w- creepy aspect. But in the end, I don't think he was harmed. I don't think this model was harmed at 16 by sleeping with Woody Allen. Here's what's interesting about it. Mm-hmm. Is the model also claims that that Woody Allen, Mia Farrow, and she had threesomes. Wow. Which now puts a whole different wrinkle. And I'm not going to so use not... it to, I'm not going to throw it in Mia Farrow's face like, aha! Because I don't, because I gotta stand by. I don't think it's wrong uh, there either. Uh-huh. But it is sort of puts a little bit of a crinkle
1: in her holier than thou attitude toward all of this sort right, of stuff. Am I right. crazy? Um, um, I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe, but I don't know that this is the proof necessarily of that. <laughs> um, I, I would still say still angry. I, 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 still angry, Tommy. <laughs> Get off your chest, baby. Okay. Uh, I, honestly, I'm I'm actually more shocked by the notion of by the image of Woody Allen having a threesome. It doesn't. It seems it implausible to seem me, like, but it, yeah, I guess it could happen. I guess. Wow. Only just, in it's America. Like disappointing two women. So it's like one of his jokes. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, so she she had sex with an underage person that's the thing you know statutory oh boy this go ahead say it man welcome to my losing (laughs) everything okay statutory rape there's there's gray area to be had you know you sure you don't want to call it starrah Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll leave that to you. I'll okay, uh, leave that to your particular nerddom, just. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but there's 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 gray area to be had in statutory rape. I think. Yeah. And, it, and I guess a lot of it has to do with the actual harm done to the person. Now, if it's your kid and you find out about it, you're going to take them to the cops, blah, 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 or something like that. Yeah. But if everyone's thirty, if if that person ends, it doesn't come out until that person's thirty five, and they were like, "I liked it." Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, it's yeah,
1: we're in the, we're we're in that zone where where our sex positive stance may be getting us into a little trouble. On this, one, I think
0: it's a problem with yeah, well, also like all these don't these rape shame areas. Wow, <laughs> oh boy, Tom, oh boy, uh, all these areas. It's it is one of the problems is that you the the crime or the misstep or whatever you want to call it sometimes isn't established until it's done. Yeah, you know, so it's sort of like. You know, there, I think there are people who are 16 who, who have the mindset to have a sexual affair with someone who's in, who's in their 20s or, right. or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's, you know, that's well, I fine. Was... But, I, but the thing is, what you kind of don't know until afterwards, which is why it probably, you mm-hmm. just shouldn't anyway.
1: Isn't it like, isn't it a situation where 18 is kind of arbitrary? What we're really yeah, talking totally. about is the ability to consent. Yeah, I I know forty year olds. I wouldn't trust with, the, I, I I wouldn't trust with the notion of consent necessarily. Yeah, in mean, anything, arbitrarily. Right, yeah, specifically yeah. Um, and particularly. But um, but and, and then I know sixteen year olds who are very mature or so. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I it, I think that yeah, that that whole eighteen is kind of an arbitrary yeah, thing. If you really want to talk about, it, I don't know that anybody's brain is really ticking until they're in their twenties, 25-ish, yeah, thereabouts. I don't, I don't know that people are almost sentient until they reach that point. Maybe. That's the point where like the information starts making its, it ought to be starting to translate into useful, like whiz, like hitting the wisdom area there.
0: Yeah, it could be the culture too in a way mm-hmm. because in some ways um, we're living longer and through that and, and numerous other things, we're maturing slower. Yeah you know maybe i mean that's Ooh, part that's of it interesting or yeah. that we care we give a shit what people think more which is a good thing i, I yeah. mean there's lots of sort lots of elements here and it's like i'm kind of glad that i'm 47 and you know married and mm. you know it's it's interesting to sort of see what other people go through but it's it's like um it's a complex fucking world and and we and then yeah. i mean i think really ultimately that the, the the um, lazy thing is, we get to sort of play it out with like, oh, Woody Allen, or you know, or Asia Argento, and it's right, like, right. it's that's too easy yeah. than having a real conversation about how this stuff works. Right. I, get,
1: I guarantee you, there's somebody weirder on any block that you live on than oh. anything Woody Allen's ever done. Oh, have you
0: ever um, seen one of those maps? of you know sex offenders these are the ones who've registered by the way right it is crazy how yeah. many live around you at any given time yeah. of course that's another weird thing because a sex offender i i met this guy i didn't really know him but i mm. met this guy who who was a sex offender um because um he got drunk he was in a park and he he whipped out his dick to piss basically yes and, right and this woman understandably freaked out First of all, you're drunk in a park and you're whipping your dick out. Something's your fault. You fucked up somehow. Right. But you're not a, necessarily a sex it's offender. It's not a sex offender. It isn't. But, I mean, you know, he's got that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, so you're a sex offender apologist. So I just thought I'd support you on that
1: one, Tom. <laughs> well, thanks, man. <laughs> no problem. Thanks. And you can you come to my website. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk Some about? Some people call it Megan's Law. I call it Friendster. Okay. Uh anything we want to talk about? Uh <laughs> mm, that's good felony. <laughs> These are good court tapes. Oh shit. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk what about? You want Marty. To talk about what money? do
0: you want to talk about?
1: Hey, Marty. Hey. hey, what do
0: you think of um um I've been I've been uh, I've kind of just been making fun of myself lately with my Wim uh, Hof references. And, you know, Wim Hof is this sort of crazy Dutchman who thinks that cold is being cold and and running shirtless in winter and taking cold showers is Mm -hmm. the the energy of the future. And I mean, I know it's kind of horse shit. And there's this other guy, um, Dr. Andrew Weil, I think his name is, one of these sort of like bald but long white bearded fellas Mm -hmm. with a pot belly and Brooklyn accent who's sort of comforting to me somehow. And he, um, he talks about all these sort of other. Yo, what are you talking about, eh? Alternate paths. I've never been a fan of of alternate medicine, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sort of slowly become a, a fan of like alternate um, practices as opposed to medicines themselves, right? Uh, so like uh, I'm not into like oils, and I think vac- vaccinations are a good thing. Yeah,
1: please say that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we could talk about that for a second too, but well, um, I know more and more people who are anti-vaxxers who um, I normally trust but i just don't understand i don't understand it it's you know maybe it's says it's the increasing power in our culture of the single narrative right so i remember arguing with someone about vaccinations um and she's like well how do you explain this kid who got a vaccination and then um basically clearly they showed a link between it and his his autism and what i didn't have the wherewithal to say at the time was like i believe that but that's one kid, You're, right. you know, it's like, that's not, uh, how it's, do you uh, explain the might millions
1: ex- of people who don't have polio? Might that, yeah, might that be an acceptable price to pay? Yeah. But, that's an interesting question right there, yeah, sure.
0: But I do want to, I, I am am finding myself flirting with um, alternate, not medicines, but like ideas. Right. Because also, like, there's. it's undeniable that while, like, the anti-vaxxers and, like, um, you know, don't take... Uh, you know fucking chemotherapy here's lilac soap you know all that sort of seems like horseshit to me um with all, it's unless you're also steve horseshit. jobs
1: in which case please do
0: <laughs> do you dislike these steve jobs
1: uh, i i i i think he's accidentally has caused us a lot of problems what do you
0: mean well, let's stop here oh
1: well just he, the man the man most responsible for like the you know the smartphone technology i, I would say that is currently kind of fucking up our lives. I think. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting conversation. But
1: yeah, another conversation.
0: Another conversation. So, so. Um, but also, what's undeniable is like how fucked up the the quote unquote like
1: traditional medical
0: oh, industry yeah, yeah. is.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's it's funny. There's also like this sort of um, basically humans. We want our answers simple. Yep. Science. I, I get. I understand people don't like science and don't just trust science because science has not simple answers. The, in fact, it's the science, almost the point of science, it seems, is to make answers complicated.
0: And the thing that makes science worthwhile is also the thing that gives us um, pause, which is that science says, oh, I have to say when something's wrong. Yeah. And then re- rethink it mm-hmm. and re examine it. And, but people are like, whoa, they said they were wrong. Right.
1: And also, hey, this truth might not be true later on. That's always, right. that's that's implied in yeah. all of science right sure. there. So 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 there is a, there is a there, there is an that's why people love religion, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. One of the things is because it's simple. It tells you it, it this is A to B, this is exactly This is what happened. Boom! It's a simple answer for people. Yeah, but and it was, we like simple answers. We say. love simple answers, and it's so it's we're finding different different ways to find simple answers. I think so. Alternative medicine, yeah, absolutely, because 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 science based like medicine that we know in the West, it's there's doubt to be had in there. I mean, like sure. just like like look at like food science and the notion of what's good, <laughs> what's good or what's bad in any given decade. Remember back in the eighties when potatoes were a wonder food that made you lose weight.
0: Yeah, you know what the thing with that though, is and then it changes. That's not necessarily science's problems or the food industry's problems. And the food industry, like more than science, probably has like it's it's not a failure; it's an intentional, you know, well, manipulation, yeah, know. right? Right. But I don't think it, in that instance, because people complain about that all the time. What oh, yesterday coffee was good for you, today it's bad for you. Make up your mind, and it's like that can seem maddening. But mm-hmm. but um, Neil, the recently disgraced. Um, Scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> um, sort of had a take Mr. on Mr. Rogers. That, I, please,
1: nothing. That Just was interesting,
0: nothing. and and it was that um, it's really um, journalism that fucks it up. It's uh, science journalism, and what happens is, if you're a science journalist, it's not like any other journalism where it's like a war correspondent or something else where your life's exciting and there's like there is you can lead with something that bleeds. um um, science journalists wait around lobbies of like institutions like waiting for something and so scientists will come out and say like hey we think we have this breakthrough and it's like
2: bam they go with it and it's it's not
0: the scientist's fault it's it's the way it's communicated to us yeah you know we have that thirst for this sort of like um the 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 next you know i mean it's fucking the same this is the same western culture that that does butt implants
1: anal bleaching (laughs) <laughs> that's right. Come on, dude. That's the <laughs> best. I'm sorry. Oh, that must really offend you. Anal bleaching? Yeah. Oof.
0: Wait, say it again. I'm it, missing it.
1: No, I'm just saying. Like, your your particular thing for uh, for butt play has uh, got to oh, be Tommy. bothered by that. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, this is just,
0: folks, this is just Tommy's revenge. Oh, please, look. man. a feeble attempt to get back on me from calling him out accurately. Uh, yesterday, yeah. on his birthday. It was a cruel of me. My bur- It's it was your birthday. I should have just said nothing. Look, polyam's. Uh... I polyam's. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> just a minute you love polyamics yeah 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 okay polyamics we call them Yeah. <laughs> anyway sounds good well why don't we um talk about movies let's now. talk about some movies here yeah let's do Well, it. that was a weird one boy i, I kind of like those in a weird way it started off really tense between you and i mm-hmm. and um you know talking really? about some cool stuff talk some about. scattered scattered brain stuff
2: yeah
0: all right so today we're talking about the great um i don't know great burt reynolds God, Burt Reynolds, what a, I mean. What a mixed bag. Yeah, he's a he's a strange, strange
1: fella. He was like, he was a fucking, he was like, he was forward at one point. Like, he was enormous. He was yeah. one of the hugest stars in the galaxy, and then he just, I think, he, I like the fact that, uh, I was looking it up, he actually, like, when he took Stoker Ace, yep. uh, he said that was kind of the end. That was the last, that was the movie when people turned on him for some reason. Oh, and you should never quite that. figure that out.
0: Yeah, I mean he's sort of um, he he grew up right? He grew up in Florida, mm-hmm. right? Um, football star, yep. High school football star mm-hmm. gets injured in college, um, in an automobile accident. So his his uh, uh, football career is kind of over.
1: Um, Good looking dude. Um, right, let's go better. He's pretty. I mean, he's he's kind of a beautiful looking dude, particularly when he's younger. Yeah, he got rugged and handsome later on, but yep. he started off kind of pretty.
0: It's sort of the the pre Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know. Oh
1: yeah, Tom Selleck definitely owes his career. It's like it's like Madonna owes a lot to Pet Benatar.
0: I've never heard that before. But that's I guess I could yeah maybe yeah or Lady Gaga owes something to,
1: to Madonna oh, oh, maybe oh, definitely there for yeah fair you. enough absolutely yeah.
0: yeah so and his dad was the um, his dad was the chief of police. Mm-hmm. Um, um, growing up, but but so Burt Reynolds decides to get into acting and and uh, stop me anywhere if I'm like going, like you want to add stuff, but like he um I will. Do you remember the movie? <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> the movie Sayonara with uh Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando,
1: and uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So so he was um on the cusp of being in Sayonara, and the director um let him go because he
1: said he looked too much like Brando. Really?
0: Well, he kind of has the chiseled stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of
1: uh of of, of a young Marlon Brando. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely young. Well, the, it's a funny thing. Like, Marlon Brando is like physically two different people. Like, he was, he was Whoa, yeah. super good looking early Marlon Brando. Early Brando. Marlon yeah, Brando for sure. To, with, with his shirt off, and i was like, ooh, the ladies be swooning the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so so kind you, of a, a handsome portly gentleman.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Bert Reynolds did like some. He was like a rawhide or gunsmoke, and <laughs> He just sort of settled around for like right. the sixties, and then he was offered Tom Skerritt's part in Mash, and turned that down. Really? So like nothing happened for this wow, guy. Wow, that's I mean, fascinating. Really? I did in, not know that until okay. the one we all know about, which is the Deliverance. Yes, in seventy-two, the great James um, Dickey. Yes. Um, story. God, what a fucking
1: disturbing movie that is. It is a, a good movie. I got to go back and watch it. I yeah. mean, if we're not really talking about that movie, but it is kind of the basic. That is like the, his entry into stardom, right there. Like it this is kind of breakthrough role.
0: I wonder maybe if the reason is is that it, it sort of um, it hits on the way he grew up. If he grew up in Florida and it's got that sort of southern thing, mm-hmm. maybe he felt at home or, or something. Um, but but um, yeah, so so that's seventy two. So he gets some some sort of fame there. Yeah. Um, And then in 73 he does this film that we want to talk about, the first
1: film, Mm -hmm. which is The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing. The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing. Now, I love this because I've I've never seen this movie before. I've heard the name many times. And I've had many weird images in my head about what this movie was about, yep. not least of which somebody who like maybe like put cats on the bottom of his feet and then tap danced on. That's a good like, one. I, I had no idea where the, the, the name made no fucking sense to me. Yeah. At all, so I so I, I had any number of weirdly imaginative stare, you know, uh, images in my head as to what it might be about. Yeah. Um, and then we saw the movie, and it's um, well, okay. It could be pronounced differently now that I see the movie. It Could be like the man who
0: lo- uh, the man who loved cat dancing. Yeah, right. Because yeah. it turns out that who loved cat dancing, the man who loved yes,
1: the man who loved and and the man who loved cat dancing and the cat dancing that loved too much. What do you think went wrong with this episode, by the way? What <laughs> do you think it went wrong? <laughs> Where do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> think right at the beginning begin to... when you shamed. <laughs> when That's you when this shamed. episode went to the toilet? Yeah, sir. Right there. So I was really excited about it. Uh, no, this is. No, no. Okay. So, yeah, this is a fantastic. What a fucking cast in this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk okay, let's about talk the talk cast. About the... Yeah. All I right. like this movie a lot. Okay. Okay. Well, I
0: don't know if I like it a lot. I really? want to like it a lot. Okay. It's a movie that's that's way better than
1: I, I would have thought it. Way better than I anticipated. We totally never better. really pictured him in a western, come to think of it. But, no. but this is yeah, like all like my the mythology of Burt Reynolds in my head is all about cars. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is kind of an interesting like sort of a takeaway from that, you know. Yeah.
0: So okay. So um, you have Burt Reynolds. Um, you have Sarah Miles, Sarah which Miles. we should talk about more. But one thing we could say about Sarah Miles mm-hmm. was that she, during the filming of this, her <laughs> lost her
1: virginity to Burt Reynolds.
0: Her lover committed suicide in her hotel room, oh, and shit. she had <laughs> to I fin- hear that she had to finish the filming of this with some shadow of a doubt as to whether she was responsible for oh, it. Wow, which is a bummer.
1: Wow! Yeah, that's kind of a drag. Absolutely, <laughs> you really have to sort of focus. Well, at plus that point. you just lost your boyfriend, so maybe that's gonna lay that's gonna lay heavy on you a little bit. Yeah, she ended up marrying uh, Robert
0: Bolt, the guy who did who wrote uh, Man for All Seasons. Okay. Um. So so yeah. So so Sarah Miles we will talk about her more. There's Bo Hopkins. Bo Hopkins. Bo Hopkins is a great dirtbag, He's lovable yeah, yeah, dirtbag just, yeah, in every movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Wild absolutely.
1: bunch, or definitely plays a dirtbag in this one. Jay fucking Silverheels is in this movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Tonto. He was the uh, he was the Indian chief.
0: Oh, got it. Okay,
1: so, so old enough not to be necessarily recognizable. So yeah,
0: you got George Hamilton.
1: George Hamilton
0: um, in a role where he doesn't actually have a lot of screen time, but when he does, he's he's also a dirtbag. Yes, oh, Lee J. Motherfucking Cobb in the house. Now this is the same year that he did The Exorcist, and he died a couple of years later. So this is like Lee J. Cobb. Just sort of, I, I think anything in the sixties or seventies with Lee yeah. J. Cobb, he's just sort of showing up and like, here's my face, and he he allows his face to do all the acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's but got he also has, and he's got that
1: voice too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that, like that. that beautiful that beautiful rough
0: voice. Now the one to me that was the most black is like a doll's eyes. That's right, a cat yeah. dancing head. Um, is Jack warden because Jack warden Jack is warden, a guy yeah. who's been in everything from 12 angry men to like shampoo to like I saw him in a carrot top movie or the one carrot top movie <laughs> Jack warden is is he he's able to play a lot of different things he's either very likable or he's kind of a schmuck like yeah. like in in um, 12 angry men mm-hmm. but he's never been to my knowledge evil and yeah. he Fucking!
1: He plays an evil. Oh, he's one. rotten. <laughs> he's he is a rotten bastard. He
0: is a rotten motherfucker. In well, this you know movie. it's funny because they, they try to
1: they play him off of Bo Hopkins. Bo Hopkins is like. Like a like a kid's idea of, of a bad boy or something yeah. like that. He is a fucking bad
0: man. Oh, he is a, a fucking monster in yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: which is kind of cool. It's a real it's a real departure for him.
0: And and so then what's interesting is you have all these characters. You know, I mean, all this great cast, and then and all these characters, and they fall into what what turns out to be a fairly straightforward plot until like the third act, right, where it gets like psychologically
1: interesting. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, definitely.
0: So Burt Reynolds is like all. Like Butch Cassidy,
1: like he, you he's know, the tough guy leader of a gang that knocks over a train at the beginning of the movie. They're train robbers, right? He's a, he's, he's like the other members are 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 well armed, but he's like he's got that extra thing that they don't question so he leads them you know so he's the leader of kind of it. like William Holden the wild bunch either i lead this gang or end it right now yeah, type thing pretty much yeah okay. yeah he's got that extra he's got that third ball or something like that that yep. we all respect yeah yeah she so yeah. manages to do that and during the during the during the proceedings of the, uh, the train robbery uh-huh. uh the uh what's her name again uh, Sarah Miles Sarah Miles uh is uh she 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 managed, she's coming in to catch the train yeah. uh, and so she's there so she witnesses it and so they they bring her along.
0: Wait, it's more than that. I think it's something has to be said well, here. Well, there's more, yeah. There's yeah, because the reason that she's there, coincidentally, as they're about to... to get p- the fuck away from George Hamilton in that tan. Right, in that tan. Yeah, that leathery tan. So Sarah Miles is... Um, I mean, what's interesting about it immediately is that Sarah Miles is a woman who's decided to leave her husband at this time. Right. So that's, it's already like... Interesting. Mm.
1: Right. And not yet problematic. Well, it's one of those things where like in the seventies, you know, I mean the pill was in, like there was there was a shift in, in marriage and culture in the United States and it reflected itself in movies. Yeah. And so so yeah, here's a movie where a woman is like leaving her husband and it's set in the it's said in the old west and all yeah. like that. And maybe maybe it's kind of a little bit absurd, but it's 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 more speaking to the seventies than it is the eighteen seventies.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, so I, I found this article um Written in 1974, um, and it's entitled, Have We Really Come a Long Way, Baby? Uh And this woman's talking about this film, and she says, she basically makes the argument that Sarah Miles plays into the stereotype of women leads being either superficial Mm -hmm. or crazy. She thinks superficial in this Hmm. film. Really? And that only women and gays, I'm quoting her now, are left... uh, being um, stereotypes when they're leads in films. She's basically she basically writes this article. Says look, African Americans, Indians. Um Latinos, um, they've all sort of managed to hurdle over the stereotypes in films, which is, by the oh, way, a ridiculous comment. There. Now she's on target when she says maybe that that women don't. Yeah. Like you finally get a women a woman lead, and I would say even more so, a gay lead. And it's like difficult to sort of sidestep the stereotype. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, just to sort of like digress a little bit here, there's a movie called the The Cellular Closet, to to speak to the gay issue, where it's like, um, yeah, there are stereotypes, and then there is culture. Which is which? Interesting. Harvey Fierstein makes this sort of observation: like, um, don't write um, gay characters out of going to the opera because you think it's a stereotype. Because I'm in the gay culture, yeah. and we go to the goddamn opera. Like, quit ignoring what we do. <laughs> right. You're you're kind of undoing us in a way, right?
2: Sure,
1: sure.
0: And so, like, there's that argument to be had, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like who's who's going to have it? Like, like this woman writes this article, and mm-hmm. I think she's full of shit. Okay. By saying that stuff, but I'm also, you know, not
1: well, a let's woman. take a look at this. I mean, as far as like in this movie, how is this woman working towards a stereotype? Yeah, I don't necessarily see one one area where she might be, which is um, the the woman who gets raped. who's kind of okay with her captors a little bit. That's not I mean, me, but but again, I I don't. I don't know that that's just, that's that's kind of a that's kind of a that's kind of a thing that happened a lot in movies in the seventies, particularly westerns with women in them. So, what do you think on that? Well, that's I mean I I agree with you that that's
0: the thing that happens, but I don't think it's a small thing. It's actually what makes me. Um, think that this could have been a great movie, but mm-hmm. it's it's a problem, and it's not a problem because I'm offended by it. Yeah, right. Okay. It's a problem because it's just a sort of weakness, right? Like, um, you know, we talked about it with something like Three Days of the Condor, right? And mm. it's sort of like you have, um, what the fuck is her name? <clears throat> Uh, Faye Dunaway, Helen Mirren, oh <laughs> yeah. Lillian Gish, um, <laughs> Faye Dunaway, <laughs> oh my, who's abducted by you know the beautiful Robert? It always has yeah. to be a beautiful man, right, right? Of course, right? And and by being a beautiful man, it sort of implied like well, the beauty overpowers like her yeah. distress at being sort of tied up and a gun pointed at her mm-hmm. for two days, and it's basically it's like if this were a film that were. We're going to get into later, I think, how it's actually psychologically interesting and honest in and yeah. all these weird ways. Yeah, um, kind of, yeah. In a weird, it,
1: uncomfortable way.
0: I wish it had been about this issue. Right. If it had been more straightforward about her being confused about, like, is this Stockholm syndrome? Right. Or, or am do I actually admire this guy who who happens to be my captor? Because, because Burt Reynolds. Um, to, has to end up taking the character Sarah Miles with the gang. Right. You can't leave her alone, because she'll be the witness to the, you know, where they're right, going, exactly. right? Uh-huh. So that's the reason they take her. Right. He, he um, protects her from the the fucking the, intensely the, rapey the intense, actions of, yeah. of Jack Warden and both. And Harden. we're not talking
1: like rapey in the sense of, well, that was a very rapey vibe. I mean, we're talking no. about, we're going to rape you later. They're going to tie her up and rape her uh, yeah. and take turns, right? right.
0: So, so so, there's that and yeah he does protect her from that but nonetheless he's still holding her hostage even if it's for legitimate reasons that a Brent Garber would have like right. let's get her away from the scene so she can't be a witness yeah, like,
1: let her go later or something like there there are options yeah and so it's like Could you Bert know keeping her there maybe not the best option because they, they're gonna rape so Burt
0: Reynolds is super good
1: looking yeah
0: he, he really is only heroic in that he doesn't allow the others to rape her yeah George Hamilton is obviously
1: a fucking douchebag he's, he's trying to yes, get her back that, yeah he he owns things and, he, and thus he owns her so that again the, you know the, the feminist narrative there definitely so,
0: so for sarah miles to fall kind of fall in love with burt reynolds i think is some a word i fucking hate that people overuse but it's like problematic but it is kind of problematic right like, that's my that's my problem it been, like, the you know, first know, half
1: of the film might have been a stronger movie without that perhaps without, like if it hadn't if their relationship hadn't turned sexual might have been a stronger movie now come to think of it. Yeah,
0: maybe. Maybe yeah. that they just I mean, sort of have the same motivations
1: but the, they don't go that they don't go down sort of the easy route of, of of sex.
0: Well, I mean also like I I don't think it has the same sort of weight like um as a character as an actor like Burt Reynolds is victimized but but it is interesting like the year before is the year that he did the famous Cosmo Centerfold thing, the naked <laughs> right. centerfold thing and mm-hmm. it's like no, I don't think he was a victim at all for doing it. I think that he had a good time and it was kind of a lark for him to do it. Yeah. But it also mm-hmm. sets up this expectation that he also has to sort of fall in bed with a woman. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it's otherwise why would you have Burt Reynolds there? Uh, It's like he's actually a good actor. Yeah, in this movie he's good anyway. He does really well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are movies later on that are just like like Adam Sandler, like The Cannibal Run. That that was Adam Sandler shit. Like I'm taking my friends and we're going to make a movie. We're going to have a vacation and call it a movie. That yeah, I mean, great. He definitely did that, and he did it, and he totally, (laughs) totally rested on his laurels later on. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, like, he was still hungry, and he still he put in a pretty decent performance on this one. I thought.
0: Yeah, and it's like. It's got um, a a great... um, That That being said, he's no Brando, but he's definitely a good journeyman He's taking it seriously. You can tell that he's taking this very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also, I mean, I think it's got that sort of like, um, the not the Reavers, um, what's the one with um, Ryan O'Neill and and, uh, William Holden? Fuck it, forget it. But it's like that late 60s, early 70s idea of of Westerns. Even like the John Wayne, the Cowboys from 72. It's got that sort of like very dry... Mm -hmm. Um, f- um, sort of faded color cinematography Yeah, yeah a lot of yeah. pan shots um. a lot of
1: people with suspiciously tight bell-bottom pants <laughs> 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 like, I don't true. think people wore I don't think cowboys wore that shit at all yeah. But Nevertheless, but okay, it, so, it was the style. It was the style of cowboy movies in the seventies. Yeah, see, I'm let, with you. Let's get to what's interesting. And is, it, There's a gritty feel too. Yeah, a, there, absolutely. You yeah. feel the dirt in seventies cowboy movies. A hundred percent. Yeah. So let's get to what what's interesting. A,
0: you could smell m- the ass. More interesting about the second half of this movie, which is that there's a revelation. So so the Burt Reynolds character, this cowboy who's leading this gang and sort of like mm-hmm. slowly getting rid of the assholes in the gang and, and taking Sarah uh, Miles with him who's falling in love with him and he's kind of falling in love with her has this past yeah. and the cat dancing refers to this it's this double play he, he had a, a Native American wife right um, who was named Cat
1: Dancing, who that died? Was her sacred Indian name, yeah. Oh, right, she died, right.
0: right? And and this woman, his name is Catherine, and she's called Cat too. So it's like he, you know, wow, I, I keep falling in love with Cat. Yeah, Kat, the, the, in a weird the way.
1: parallels are a little tight on that. Yeah, a little. Okay, uh, okay. I'm we'll, to forgive uh, it. Yeah, we will let you have that one. So uh, so 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 now we, But his quest is he robbed the the, the train. Yeah. So he can get the money, so he can get his children back.
0: Right. So he has these children out here. We, we're sort of given the hint that like something bad happened to his wife, and she was killed, and it's like that's. You know, he's this tortured soul because of it. Yeah. And so, you know, um he needs to get his children back from, from he this... loves her. He, he still loves her. Cat, right. He still loves Kat and maybe even a little conflict, you know, mm-hmm. the old widow's conflict, you know, and right. or widower's conflict. And and so he needs to get these kids back. And so, you know, this last sort of act of the film is about him. Confronting the the Native American tribe, right? While, by the way, he's sort of That's being driven. He's being driven by by Lee J. Cobb, who's kind of the reluctant guide toward George Hamilton's posse.
1: Right? He's he's the leader of the posse, but he's like a reasonable man who also happens to know. Burt Reynolds' character and and yeah. and has reservations about thinking of him as a criminal. He gets yeah. this guy's past and, and life.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so what's interesting mm-hmm. is and and also by the way, just just like say ah no is, is or something. Is it safe to
1: say that in seventies like cowboy movies became way more nuanced? uh I think so I think it's that, I think with it's a, a few, wild bunch with a a few that, exceptions though. yeah like, I think it's the wild bunch that started that like the, maybe the gunfighter was a nuanced western but there was a lot of non-nuance oh, yeah. early on in the uh, in the genre Anyways, I'm sorry you were no no same.
0: no no but I want you to stop me because I, I I might want to yes. reveal too much I don't know but so tell me if I am but 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 um you know he he is it jay Silverheels hills that he He's is the, the chief actor, right? yeah so mm-hmm. so he finally catches up with you know this the tribe of Indians and and um I embarrassed to say I don't remember who it was.
1: Right. The tribe of Eskimo. So,
0: so these engines, they um <laughs> he, basically, you know, it's like I'm oh, here, man. I'm here to collect my children. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and there's this great scene with one of his kids. This boy, you know, he has this sort of moment where he's trying to reconnect with this boy and like, yeah. do you remember this? Do you remember that? Right. And 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 you see it's like we think this is the resolve of the film, right? Yeah. He's now in kids. love with a new cat. The the kids are there. They remember this good time, and and their um the person who's been raising them starts to reveal something. This Native yeah. American who's been raising them starts to reveal something, and it's this that Burt Reynolds. Can I say, it? Yeah, you I say it? Yeah. Should I? No, let's not. Go say it. do it. All right. It. So he he was the one who killed his wife because yeah. his wife had been in a relationship with a sexual relationship with a man, but it he turns out thought, right turns out that she had been raped. Right. Which was weird. now that's the weird part because if you go it's back, he's raping. He's raping. What's her name? Exactly. In
1: guess, yeah. So it's like in a it's, vague way. It makes it really vague twisty. Rate. Yeah. Like as you said, like this is the, emotionally, it gets really weird and twisty at the end. Yeah, but also it's not comfortable. It's not easy. And what's really kind of like that great about it is also the character doesn't like <gasps> up and deny it. He's he's he
0: really understands his faults.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I mean and that's I think that's uncommon for for the the alpha male western character like it's I, like he gets how he's fucked
1: everything up in his life and doesn't really even deserve his kids. Absolutely, man. He and he absolutely he He fesses to it. He's like a poly that way. He confesses. Oh, yeah, real poly. Yeah. No, good point. (laughs) Good point. Anyways, confesses to his fault on that one, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, so then if we go back to it, it's like, you know, this is another weakness in the Sarah Miles equation, right, is that she immediately understands is even more in love with them. And it's like, that's, I think the problem is. That
1: a person pause, I would suspect.
0: Sometimes it's almost better if you totally misunderstand a group of people like women, mm. then try to half understand them. Because what this film does is it, it reels you in enough to sort of see them as kind of complete characters and then keeps disappointing you. This is where I'm disappointed in the film. Because I I, I will agree with the, that writer I, I cited a, a few minutes ago of her having superficial moments. Right. Um,
1: but Yeah, I mean, at that point, they should have given her at least a moment where she's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can, yeah. I'm going to change this man. But that's pretty heavy that he killed his wife and her name was Cat, too. So. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that that's got to give you pause. And she she had zero fucking Is this a play on words pause? Oh. Cat. Nice,
0: Tommy. Mm. I'm doing a little pause. Mm-hmm. A little pause. Um Is that a leaf blower outside? I'm hoping that's not your it's not coming from your pants, is it? No, I wish Okay, so... south of my parents. Look, I give it? this movie a thumbs up because if for no other reason, it's like, if you're like me, where you actually... I haven't seen many Burt Reynolds movies before this. Eh, some, that really annoys blower. me. Side note, by the way, people, fuck they pick up a broom and just sweep. What's with these goddamn
1: blowers? <laughs> <laughs> Said a man who doesn't do that at all. I don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this guy's right. blowing right by our studio. Absolutely. They're just blowing it. And he's really blowing it. Should he's we really
0: pause? Yeah, fuck him.
1: Well, am I, am I'm I, thinking about this. The, no, the I mean first. our audience. Fuck him. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> even right, more than what really they can hear us. Okay, so should, are we moving on to our...
0: Well, I just want to say, I mean, I, I mean, I think I was starting to say it when this guy started blowing his goddamn blow around, and that's that, like... I, Blowing his I blow up. Th- even if you haven't seen Burt Reynolds, you associate him with smoking the Bandit and yeah. Cannonball, what you were saying a minute ago, Cater. it's like... Yeah, you see these oh long yard. You see these original films, and it's like, goddamn, he's he really wanted to do something. Yeah, you know, I got to give him more credit well, now that I, I I've checked it out. And
1: I think it's interesting. Like later on, like he had the resurgence with Paul Thomas Anderson and all that. Like, uh, you know, like oh uh, Boogie Nights with Boogie Nights. Oh, like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he kind of went out on a good note on that one. He kind of he was kind of able to to do some very good serious acting at the end there.
0: Yeah, he did that one where um he was saddled with a kid as a cop.
1: Okay, you're right. Fuck. I'm I mean, sorry. he had he had <laughs> his All right, that just blew a hole today. right <laughs> through my goddamn. I <laughs> nah, fucking hate you, Joey. All right. Uh, so the second film we want to talk about film. is 19 Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. 1978's The, the End. end. Uh,
0: also populated by a ton
1: of oh. fucking notable actresses. Before we go any further, Please? let me say let me say something uh, that I noticed in the end. Uh Sally Fields was a smoking hot woman. Oh, for sure. Yeah. God damn it. I really had forgotten all about that.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know how. She was really something. Anyone has any question about the whole Sally Field, Lonnie Anderson thing? Because Lonnie Anderson is is a, just a joke. I've always considered her to
1: be a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And WQ, I mean, she's not even uh, attractive. She's just. Uh, she's like Pamela Anderson, but even more weird.
1: You know, there's a. Less uh, human. What? W. C. Fields, uh, he had my one of my favorite lines, and he said this about Mae West: "She's a plumber's idea of Cleopatra." I've never heard that before. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's really it's pretty uh, spot on. There's a there's like there's a there's a class of women that's kind of cartoonishly sexy that yeah. I think just appeals to a certain just Rabbit, do not a lot. quite. Right. I I, I'm going to ascribe it to them not being very literate or something. I don't know, but it's... The only maybe that's unkind of me, but I do, you know. The, the plumber's Im- idea of Cleopatra. The only improvement I could see from
0: Lonnie Anderson over Sally Field in terms of a relationship with <laughs> Burt Reynolds is that when Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson went to bed, they could both take their wigs off because Lonnie, <laughs> Lonnie Anderson also wore a
1: gigantic wig. <laughs> well, she had enormous hair that was like one of her trademarks. Oh, you know? it's wig-ish. That's weird when you got a woman with a trademark right isn't that, isn't that a little odd uh like no a trademark actually. look oh okay. i mean because, because i'm not I'm Sally not Field argue. didn't have that she just was smokingly beautiful man i gotta say anyway yeah, we recently i'd saw really saw her her all about that, that. she's a great actor norma too. ray she's again. an excellent
0: actor yeah she's great she's is fantastic norma ray's a uh, she did the year after this and, and mm. it's just an astounding movie i mean so of all the things that are dated from mm. norma ray
1: it doesn't matter. It's just a fucking great movie. All right, I, I, you know I've never seen that. I gotta watch that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're on to the end. On, on, to, the on end. to the end. Okay, goddammit. Yeah. it. This is basically Burt Reynolds doing like a good. Basically, wanted to do a good slapstick comedy. I did a little reading on that. And he really, he sort of like he read he read the script. He wanted to go so He wanted to do a comedy, do a little slapstick, and yeah. go in a dark way. Yeah. And this is definitely <laughs> falls into that category. This is like, but this is seventies like. It, this is very like seventies. Family comedy sort of thing with the with the with the kind of weird dark twist, and what it is is that he's uh, he is given a diagnosis that he's going to die when somewhere in the neighborhood of three months to a year or something like that. Well, that's
0: I mean, it starts off with uh, that sort of running joke actually because one of the things about this film is that it, in some ways it has kind of a Neil
1: Simon quality about yeah, it. Yeah. It. It's like, right? it, kind like, of like gentle, that, that 70s comedy thing.
0: Late 70s, on. late 70s Neil Simon. So we're talking like Plaza Suite or Chapter 2 Neil Simon. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that Burt Reynolds plays a bit to the like Walter matthau yeah.
1: version of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
0: And and so he
1: plays a he plays a larger than life version of basically of Burr Reynolds, I would guess.
0: So one of the several things that happens with this movie is it's it's an opportunity to continually sort of like keep manipulating these little running gags. And right. so one of them is, you know, that he's given about a year, but but it could be as little as three months. And so every time he tells someone about it, it's less and less yes, hot. Right. Right. Yeah, two course. weeks, That's twenty four hours. One
1: of the running jokes. It could be any moment. It could be any moment, yeah. Right. One of the other jokes is the one of the other big jokes too is that he's a. Uh, the macho man, Burt Reynolds, yeah. is unmanned utterly by this thing. And yeah. it just, it, it, that, they, they they keep coming back to that joke, too.
2: The
0: idea, yeah, the uh, sort of like the sobbing yeah, like a, just, uh, washer it's woman. Just,
1: yeah, it's just a complete crybaby. Yeah. And an, and a, and a, and a, yeah, and an asshole. But what fucking cast in this movie. Oh, God
2: yeah,
0: stars. so, I mean, first of all, it's like one of uh, Myrna Loy's last roles. And she's mm-hmm. his mother. She's his mother, right. Right? And then we have um, oh. Pat O'Brien... From Angels with Dirty Faces, and he's uh, something like it hot. Yeah, as his father. Right, and then we've got uh, we got the Norman Fell as the doctor who gives him oh, that. Oh, Norman like, Fell. Yep. Yeah. God uh, damn it, Norman. Uh, Robbie Benson in a
2: weird, <laughs> weird
1: cameo as a, a giggling priest. Can we can we talk about Robbie Benson just because he was like. Uh, he was like this next great actor. Yep. He never kind of it, it kind of it it petered out hard. He never on made it
0: that. out of like 1981. He was in uh, the the tribute. ballad of, of uh, Billy Joe today. Billy Joe McAllister uh-huh. jumped off the blah 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 bridge, um, yeah. based on that song Ice Castles. He, he was did supposed just to be one of the tribute.
1: biggest fucking stars, and he just he just fell right off of the earth. There was a movie
0: where he was uh, he ran around with a monkey. I remember when I was a kid, I That's thought it was hysterical. The end of most careers. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't think he was going to be like Rob Lowe.
1: Like he was going to be like you know, like a monster, right?
0: What's appealing about him is something that can't age. He's yes. sort of a soft Sean Cassidy, if anyone gets yeah. that reference type, right? Feathery hair, like right. pouty eyes, soft voice. Soft, high-pitched voice. So it's it's either like he, his
1: balls have not dropped.
0: Either he plays kind of a pussy or he plays, you know, comedically like a criminal or a priest. Yeah, <laughs> this place, the,
1: he, plays a, he plays a Roman Catholic priest who basically started last week.
0: Yeah, and, and <laughs> giggles at the idea of jerking off and, and oh, things right. like he's that. A Roman, right? He's a
1: young Roman Catholic priest who's never had sex, and he's fascinated by. Uh, yeah, he's just you he, he can't believe how much sex Burt Reynolds has had.
0: Right, and so you have Norman Fell as character as, as the, probably as well. the doctor Burt Reynolds goes to for the second opinion. Carl Reiner as the doctor, his normal doctor, yeah. his regular doctor, both uh, of whom are nuts. He, he goes I mean,
1: to a he goes to a clinic where uh, where the head of the clinic is Strother fucking Martin.
0: Yeah, but all these sort of running. So it's like Norman Fell um, is a doctor with one of the worst bedside manners he, ever. Every time Burt Reynolds says something, Burt Norman Fell will say, "Oh, I had a guy with your condition. You should have seen him at the end." Uh, oh, never mind. Never
2: mind
0: <laughs> um, Carl Carl Reiner on the other hand is a guy who wants to like over prescribe him pills and just sort of knock him out of everything. Mm. Strother Martin runs a mental hospital and is is himself totally inept and insane. Right, and, you know.
1: And um, the reason he's in a mental hospital is because he tries to kill himself to, to, to circumvent the whole suffering of, of, of his eventual. Well, this is the death. end, right? It's all about this yeah. stuff,
0: but it, but slowly, it's also about you know him trying to sort of like connect to these people in his life for one last time, right? Right. So you have the the Sally Field character, and it, I mean, it's also kind of it's his side piece. It's. Yeah, well, it's his piece. He's not married anymore. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. It's, it's, it's his kind of it's girlfriend. She's like,
1: a, she's, like, extremely airheaded.
0: And and the slob. But he goes over there, and it's sort of like he tells her that he's going to die. She starts crying. He starts nibbling at her underpants and says under his breath, this could be my last meal. And it's all these sort of really sort of, like, risque <laughs> jokes at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, Joanne Woodward is his ex-wife. Right. Um and um also Christie Christy, Christy McNichols. McNichols
1: and every boy of our generation masturbated at least once to Christie McNichols.
0: Yeah, I mean she's really a, a a cute teenager. I mean I I think she's uh, turned out to be a a strong uh, gay lesbian you know advocate uh, yeah. activist or something. But. Mm. Um, or maybe she's just gay. I'm doing that thing. She's just like, gay.
1: gay. And it was like,
0: yeah, she's a gay lesbian activist. <laughs> <laughs> transgenders she just, or something.
1: She, she <laughs> but she led, she's leading transgenders north to Canada
0: where yeah, they'll be safe. Yeah, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know, <laughs> after, after her, like, stint with, like little angels with Jodie Foster and things like that, she never really returned
1: after, like, 1984, I would yeah. say. She, but she was, again, she was another star who, was, who uh, like, I, I thought was going to be in the firmament forever. Of course. Not so much. She was going to be like, I thought she was going to be the next Jodie Foster. Right, right. But turns I, out not.
0: I guess you got, he actually, the wise moves is to, di- uh, Jody Foster and Brooke Shields is to disappear for a while after that mm. and then return. That's what they did smartly. Yep. But, but anyway, so it's sort of like, you know, he, he's reconnecting with his daughter. Right. Uh, but by the
1: way, that's the only decent relationship he has in this. Movie.
0: Yeah, well, that's what it <laughs> he's is. He's such
1: a snatch. So, he's so, a bad person.
0: I mean, it's an old story, too. It's like any, it's, it's a little bit of, it's a wonderful life, too. Mm. It's sort of like, what, what if everything's going to be snatched away? What do you see your life being worth? And it's like, not much, because yeah. he's been not a good person his whole life. Right? Exactly. Yeah, he's been a bad person. And so, so in a way, to... it, it frees you up to 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 the comedy. I think it frees you right. up because it's like you, you kind of don't feel bad if he does kill himself, yes. and, you, and you're like you want to strap in for the ride. If you want to, and, and let me yeah. just say, I,
1: I want to say one thing about this movie. This movie pays to letting your suspension of disbelief. Oh, just big time. You yeah, just yeah. let it off the leash a little bit here. Because for some reason, he makes friends with Dom DeLuise in the the booby hatch for no reason. No real good reason at all. Yeah. Except this guy seems okay with helping him kill himself. But he's out of his fucking tits. Yeah, Dom DeLuise. Like cartoonishly so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don Deluise plays cartoon Don Deluise out of his mind. I've only seen Don Deluise kind of beautifully.
0: Not beat Don Deluise one time, and that's when he was in um fail safe. Fail safe, Otherwise, yeah, he's
1: just <laughs> where he plays one of the most dark, <laughs> sad little roles in that movie. He's uh, Don Deluise is just kind of a sad person too. I mean, mm-hmm. that's
0: a guy, by the way, who never um was able to fully come out of the closet. And it's like, my God, Dom, was he? There you go. Oh, yeah. He led a a tortured gay life. No way. Really? I did not know that.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, here's another shocker. Since his love for the cape and (laughs) then... Shut up. His (laughs) love for the cape suddenly comes into focus. Okay. Yeah, but... Him will be angry, J.J. uh, uh, Dom DeLuz is one of the guys I want to like more than I actually do, because
0: (laughs) the problem is he just goes a little too... He's he's way over the top. He's a little too wacky. He
1: really uh, really wants to be Jonathan Winters, and he's not as talented as Jonathan Winters was.
0: I can barely take Jonathan Winters, although I think he's... Mm. think he's a genius for sure but it's like you know the energy it takes to watch guys like that is a little
1: taxing and that's kind of the comedy of it the fat the fat high energy guy i guess so kind of dig that yeah yeah. So,
0: so then a lot of the film is like this sort of like um following my god the guy is blowing leaves again sorry
1: actually i think that is his god
0: okay so um the rest of the movie is really just sort of following Burt Reynolds through his many attempts at suicide his many right? clownish
1: attempts to kill himself and Dom DeLuise helping him
0: yeah and so he's he, but not helping him but helping not, him yeah, not helping him I yeah. mean one of one of my favorite slash least <laughs> favorite is that he's finally bereft of, of all sort of tools to kill himself he's in the mental hospital mm-hmm. and he discovers that the hydraulics in the bed he could just sort of like try to crush his own head right. and and the mechanics of the bed and he tries to hang himself jump out of a belt jump off a
1: building yeah. right
0: yeah yeah um, you know and eventually walk into the sea and and then of course discover that life
1: is worth living and in he wants end. yeah right he wants to he wants to he wants to play it out to the end and oh. then, can we tell him that, that i don't remember the, the what, last little twist i don't remember what it or is. was that dom de shows up after he's figured out he wants to live oh, yeah, and still yeah. wants to kill him oh, yeah. <laughs> won't let him off the hook this is one of those
0: movies i remember um, when i was a kid people talking about it mm-hmm. um, as if it was hysterical it's not hysterical
1: no um, I remember, la- uh, okay. I, I say well, I watched this as a kid and yeah. I laughed, yeah, yeah, like a motherfucker, yeah, yeah. Nah, it doesn't travel. It's it's it doesn't. So it's funny. It's worthwhile, I think, but yeah. it's not. It didn't. It didn't travel well. It's
0: more enjoyable than I thought it would be, though. It's enjoyable is a good word. And and he directed it. Yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. it's it's like um, I admire again. I mean, when you can when you put this against smoking the band, smoking the bandit is is like Burt Reynolds with a mustache, like doing the like. Double gun, like finger things, yeah. like Pinky It It's just so uh, effortless is the completely appropriate word because yeah. there's no effort put into it. Right. Um, whereas this one, it's like you can and see Jerry
1: Reed's funnier in he, that movie.
0: Oh, smoking the Bennett three, he actually tries. He <laughs> disguises himself three. as Burt Reynolds. Uh huh. Anyway, so so, wow. but in the end, Burt Reynolds is actually trying to. It's almost like he studied comedy mm-hmm. and tried to do it, and it's like. I'll give him a C plus yeah. for it. And yeah. it's got some funny
1: moments. Yeah. And, uh, you
0: know, that's yeah. about it. <laughs>
1: it's, it's enjoyable. I, you know, I can't, I can't like recommend this is not, this is no. not going to change your fucking, your opinion about great cinema nope. one way or the other, but it's enjoyable. I like sure, it. Sure. It's, it's a diverting way to kill a couple hours.
0: Yeah. It's it, the thing with Burt Reynolds, what I'm left with is it's, it's harder than I thought. Cause I, when you say Tom, you suggested the Burt Reynolds episode and I thought this will just be movies I can shit on. That would have been much easier for me. What it turns out we is... We could have
1: picked any number of movies for that.
0: Absolutely. But what it turns out is, you know, Burt Reynolds made some movies that you can't shit on them. But yeah. they're not quite satisfying either. I would say even The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing wasn't quite satisfying. Yeah, it was almost I could, there.
1: I could see it. I guess, he, yeah. I don't know. Maybe The Longest Yard might have pulled it off. The other thing, too, is looking at it, you wonder, how did he get through the 70s without having been paired with an ape in a movie? Oh, yeah. That would have been such an easy call.
0: Uh, who was uh, Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood, play, for Tony sure. Tony Danza.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like the, the, the flipping off ape. It was very That's was, right. it was very much a thing Those were good then. times. <laughs> Those were good years, my friend. And how did Clint Eastwood's career survive that? We'll never know. We shall never know. We'll never know. All right, Tommy. All right. do you uh, have anything you'd like to promote or plug? Well, I, first off, uh, just a big shout out to my pollies out there. Uh, secondarily, uh, yeah, go check me out, TomSmithComedy.com, just, I want to make you put your head in your hands again, uh, to Com, check it out, check us out on Patreon, please, join us, drop us a line on, uh, what is it, uh, Finley's on Film at Gmail? Uh, yeah. Ah, all of those things. Good job, good job, Tommy. Bringing it home. All ah, right. Love pow! you. I didn't do that yet. I won. <laughs> <my> <laughs>
2: Uh, Okay (coughs) (coughs) Sorry
1: um... Oh no shit he's breathing again Okay